Hello and welcome to another Owls 24-7 podcast with your host Shane Marinelli and Kevin Fielder. And today we have a special guest who's just going to be on with us uh, during the whole show today and all-time FAU great Chris Bartels uh, and current uh, radio analyst for the Owls. How's it going, Chris? Hey, Shane. Appreciate it. Very nice words. All-time great. I'll take it. Don't know if I live up to that, but... (laughs) Excited to uh, to be here, share some of the airwaves with you guys. Uh, I I could I could lower it a little bit. I could be like <laughs> the second best Bartels to ever play in the I'm secondary. A, <laughs> I think at this point, my mom has me third on the totem pole with the sons, so that'd be better than what I get usually from her. So <laughs> we're good. Well, I always give the, your youngest brother Shane uh, crap for uh, who, who's I've gotten to know. Uh, you know, like you know, why, why isn't he out there with Jordan Helm right now? Like, you know, so what, what happened? He, he's a baseball player, so he, yeah, yeah, he, he he gets that a lot, but he knows. We just had this conversation about why he doesn't play football. It's it's pretty simple. He got blindsided as a quarterback when he was twelve. That was it. One play. Oh man, I, I totally understand that. Was it by you? Was it by you? Oh, no, like, no, 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 no. It, 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 it was by like a ten-year-old, but like an oversized ten-year-old. I, I could see you taking all the pads home, like over uh, Christmas break, and getting in the backyard and just, <laughs> just, Line, just, just blindside hitting him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's do it. So, Chris, obviously, this week is a special week. We'll talk about. Um, you know, obviously I want to get your input on some of the defensive stuff, you know, so, mm-hmm. you know, you and I like to text back and forth about, you know, a little bit some X's and O's and, um, and just kind of what this week means, uh, with Chula Bowl week. And, um, Chris, you were technically three and one versus FIU. Is that correct? Um, we lost in 2005, I believe it was at FIU. And I, I believe, I think that's right. I think that's right. So I say technically because that was the game that was later uh, yeah, yeah. hated by those uh, cheating Panthers down there. So yeah. it didn't count. It didn't count. He it didn't count. You're game. right. You're right. So yeah, yeah. No, I'll, t- I'll take that though. I'll take the that. The official record book has you as 3-0. and I like it. I like it. I'll take so, it. So, uh, you know, I, especially in the early days when it was just kind of coming up, I mean, what – and now that you've been in one way or another part of this program for – I mean, for almost 20 years, I mean, what does this week kind of mean in a, in a special way just for you? Well, I think just to me, it's, I always have red in my eyes when I see anything with that other team's logo or, or whenever, you know, I see a license plate or, you know, my, my, my family knows that that, that is a, a dirty word in this household, the F word. <laughs> um, and uh, I mean, just like any, game rivalry game against them it's uh just a little more heat wake up a little more angry per day have to uh spend an extra session of my five minute meditations per day just for that um but no just i I think in relevance to to the team this season it's a great opportunity every year you get to face off against your rival but this week you know opening up against conference play um, you know, both teams are going to be hungry, but for Florida Atlantic and, and, you know, myself, you know, you got, you got to see some improvement this week, huge game in terms of building some momentum going forward. Chris, not to just kind of rehash on all things, but we just got off the press conference and I always want to hear it, you know, and it's something I've been kind of echoing. We've talked about for weeks and, um, I think fans kind of know at this point, but can you just talk about from a player's perspective and maybe you see if it saw it more, I don't know if, did you ever saw it in college? 
that true triple option like Air Force just ran? Did you? Um, no, not a true triple option. We 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 saw option throughout the Sun Belt. Um, the Lafayette teams were uh, very prolific at it, uh, but they ran it very similar to what Georgia Southern did in terms of having you know quarterback and the pistol set with motion from either flanks as wing T formation. But um, ne- never really saw it like that. Saw it obviously in preparation for Navy back in the day uh, with Lane here, and then in preparation for you know back in 2018. Um, but uh, it, it's a tough defense. It's a tough defense, especially to watch, uh, you know, what happened this past weekend. Um, but just in terms of, like, schematics, eye discipline from a player's perspective, you really need to have all 11 guys on. On offense, you always need to have 11 guys on. Defense, you can, you can get away with having, you know, one or two guys being out of position and still have a winning set, but not, not against the triple option. Did you, and I guess my question is, and right now, um, you know, FAU's, it, it just, I think it's just the way the schedule's kind of fallen, um, having to play Florida, Georgia Southern, and, um, you know, Air Force, three just ridiculous running teams. I think um, at least Florida and Air Force are each in the top three in the country in total rushing offense. Is there anything with the defense that maybe concerns you going forward or do you think it's just way more of a product of okay this is who they faced it was just kind of some weird matchups there yeah it's uh i think built, i think it's, they're it's built twofold for the other that, shane yeah i think it's twofold obviously you face a team like florida who has uh you know opposite approach to the game compared to what they were last year and air force you know what they're going to do on, on a week-to-week basis in terms of the triple option and georgia southern you saw what they did against florida atlantic last year uh, you kind of get a breather with Fordham in terms of, you know, trying to get your bearings underneath you, get your wheels back underneath you. But it's when I look at the team and I look at, you know, from a player's perspective, that it's not fast football right now. Players are not playing fast. There's individuals that, that are that are running to the ball. But in terms of alignment, stance, key, you know, responsibility, there's not a lot of, all right, I know my task. I know my responsibility. And when the ball is snapped, there's not, there's not very many players flying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's the biggest difference. And, I, and, and from a player's perspective, that there, there's one of two things. One, you don't do your film study. Or two, the, the install period wasn't solidified to you, right? So you don't necessarily know down and distance. You don't know sets. Um, and you just kind of get off guard. So now you're, you're more or less reacting to the offense and the set compared to, you know, being active and, and attacking the formation or attacking what your keys tell you to do. Do you, so you think that's something, maybe the biggest thing to look in this week, just with the simple nature of now that they're facing a little bit more traditional offense and FIU that they can just kind of get back into, you know, as coach Taggart uh, has told, you know, Kevin and I and the rest of the media, just get back into, okay, this is what we practice all spring, most right. of all. Now we can just start reacting. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's a breath of fresh air when you get to face off against not just your rival, but when, when you have an offense like you're, that you're prone to seeing, that you're, that you're used to seeing throughout Conference USA and that you've seen year to year with that team down there. Um, it's more or less just, all right, basic football now, line up. What's the strength of the run game? Go ahead and set your front from a D-line perspective. What's the strength of the pass game? Set your back seven, you know, from the from the DB's perspective. 
Ball on the hash, great. Ball in the middle, this is what they run. And just know it. Just know what you know. Trust what you see. And uh, and like you said, and like Taggart probably has preached all week, you know, just uh, be more reactive and active to what to what they see. Trust in their eyes. Trust in the coaching. And Chris, I, I wanted to ask this. Uh, you know, when, when you have a loss like that, that 31-7, you pretty much got ran out the stadium against Air Force. What what are some of the things that are said in a locker room? You know, after a loss like that, because you know, I think it's it's one of those losses that can be a real eye opening experience for a team. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting chills thinking about it. We were in, uh, I know it's a lot different in terms of you know who we played, but I remember halftime at Clemson back in uh, I believe it was 05 maybe, and we just got demolished that first half. And you're sitting in the locker room trying to figure out what can you do, and you realize that the team is that much better. Um, you know, across the ball and, and you're kind of just outman. But when you face a team like Air Force where you've seen them, where you where you know what they're capable of and you've played them before and some of the players are overlapped from when you did play them last time, it's more or less a reality check. Like, hey, you know, I still have work to do. From, from an individual's perspective, I still have work to do. It doesn't matter how well you play. You look at Jordan Helm, 15 total tackles, best career game. He left that game thinking to himself, I could have done better. And that's how you feel as a player because you know that you let the guy down next to you. From an offensive perspective, missed alignments, missed cues, you know, not winning on first down. Um, you know, it, it's more of a reality check for you. What can I do on the individual player basis to make sure that I'm trying to help my team win and not be that weakest link, not be the, you know, the, the, the lone wolf that's going to struggle behind the rest of the pack. Would you say, and I think maybe kind of a simple, uh, like, Okay, maybe a quick one on this. Last week was a little bit more, not that I'm discrediting Air Force. They did a great job, but a lot of was self-inflicted more than, yeah. you know, just what you described in that Clemson game where it's like right. you know, bigger, stronger, faster, you know. We, for we, sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, they, they Air Force just simply out-executed in terms of knowing what went down a distance, knowing what they had to do. They did what they do better than what Florida Atlantic did, and they typically do well. And that was the biggest difference, right? Now, That's the biggest difference. Now, kind of going forward, I, I, you know, and one thing I think it's been a little disappointing, not disappointing, but in the first three games and, you know, even the Florida game, um, young managed an interception, but I'm excited for conference schedule because I am really excited to finally see the secondary get a chance to actually cover a little right. bit, <laughs> you know? No, I, I agree. I, um, <laughs> I was watching uh, Frank Ford's show today on uh, on Fox Sports in regards to he, he had Zion Gilbert on there, and I was trying to do the math. You know how many times has uh, has an offense uh, completed a pass on him, and how many times have they thrown his way? And I think maybe on one hand is how many times he was approached. He got one interception. I think two completed passes. But I'm, on, I'm in the same boat, Shane, excited to see what the defense does. A lot of experience. Helm back there pretty much can coach the entire secondary. Um, Stanford Samuels has a lot of experience as a DB coach, uh, not just with, you know, at the college and high school level, but he has pros who are doing it that, that he talks to on, on a week-to-week basis. And, you know, conference plays a lot different than when, when you play Florida. It, it, it's your advanced warfare training that the old time uh, Coach Nellenberg used to talk about. And now that you're out of that, you, you kind of – Buckle down, and, and by this time, you should have an identity of who you are as a defense and an offense and as a team, and uh, you know expect to make those types of plays that you didn't or you couldn't make in the first couple of weeks. Chris, did you you know talk about? I, I guess I, I have two kind of a couple of questions. 
you know, first maybe give the fans, I guess, a reader's digest version of, you know, um, I guess simple as could be how different schematically Stoops' defense is from Levitt, mm-hmm. maybe some of the pros yeah. and cons. And also, I guess the second part of that, maybe this longer answer is, I mean, uh, Kevin and I were doing the math on how many years of experience FAU secondary has between Helm and Young and Carl Smith and Zion Gilbert, right. um, and even Deshaun Moss, who's been with the program forever. Yeah. How much that helps. And maybe if there is a little bit more complicated, you know, complex scheme. Yeah, just uh, so so the first part, the the biggest difference between last year's defense is this year, this year's defense is the aggressiveness, uh, lack of it this year in terms of blitzing. I think uh, FE was way more active blitzing on, on downs one, two, and three compared to this year. Didn't really see much of it uh, so far. Um, in terms of the overall defense, both defenses are listed as a 3-4. Last year was more of a conventional 3-4, that fourth or fifth blitzer coming from no man's land, meaning your four linebackers are set deep, but one of them's coming off one edge and you might be bringing a different backer or even the nickel, as we've seen this year with Carell Smith, kind of blitzing off the edge. And I think this year what we see is a more static defense, right? So you line up and, and, and as an offense, when you see that, that type of defense, what you see is what you get. Um, so going forward, I, you know, my, my belief is you, you kind of hold your cards a little bit. And then when you do get the conference play, you open them up a little bit and, and, and try to catch a few people off guard preparation and, and what you show and what you present in this week, there's an opportunity for that with the defense, uh, and offense, obviously, but formations and things like that were just different, how they align and, and how active they were pre-snap. Um, just the, the competition they've played really hasn't aligned. Yeah, yeah. You're not, you know, trying to, to trying to bring an extra blitzer against Emory Jones when they have guys that are holding you and grabbing you at the line of scrimmage. You know, is rough. You know, even if you do get an extra guy, we saw Eddie Williams get back there free, and uh, and Emory just, you know, I don't take anything away from Eddie Williams, but put him on skates and and evaded the, the blitz and, and took off. And he's um, not even Florida's best quarterback. Hey, hey, <laughs> relax. <laughs> He's, you know what? That that is going to be an interesting conversation throughout the rest of the year. Uh, I don't think that's interesting. I think uh, you think Anthony that's it? was born in a in a lab. Like <laughs> I saw enough of him in that third quarter. Come on. <laughs> After when he took off with, I just think when I initially saw that, I was like, listen, man, Emory could have done that too. The, the play call, the, the play design, you know, if you had a fullback leader for him too, it, it would have been fine. Bart, um, Chris, when you were yeah. with, I believe your, your senior year, 2007, Florida put in a backup quarterback late in the game who had, I believe, like a 30-yard touchdown rush against Oh, you. did they? And his name was Cam Newton. Oh, was it? Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> so, yeah, very, very did you do anything? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, bet you, I bet you you're somewhere in the screen there in the secondary, wrapped around legs. <laughs> it's uh, wrapped around tree trunks. Yeah. I remember. So, how, do you, how is your backup quarterback even bigger, faster, and stronger than your starting quarterback? I, well, I, I, I don't know, but <laughs> the backup I, yeah. quarterback ended up being a superhuman. I mean, I, I'm going to, I'm going to bust out that video and hopefully get maybe, oh, maybe you're in the screen somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a blur. I'm a blur. That, that offense was so tough to cover. Uh, uh, Chris. So, you know, just kind of moving forward. I know this is the other side of the ball. Do you think just, uh, do, I'm of the nature that, 
you know, uh, the last game, especially going forward, I really think Nikosi Perry is going to bounce back. I think, you know, I said he's kind of a, a little bit of a gunslinger. And you got a little bit of the bad gunswinger against Air Force where he pressed and tried to get to too much. We've talked about it kind of at nauseam. Did you get that feeling too? I mean, seeing on TV, it's high, but to actually, you know, right. to direct the question a little better, uh, did you, you know, were you, from your vantage point, did you definitely see opportunities where it's like he could have just picked up eight yards here, except he went for the home run? Yeah, I think. I think what he saw with his pre-snap read kind of gave him the ability to, you know, pick where he was going to throw before the snap. Uh, you saw it later in the game. Earlier in the game, I think when you get behind as quickly as FAU did, he's a competitor, man. He, he, he's going to want to make plays. So I think from from his standpoint, you just try to press the ball a little bit more. Uh, and what that means is you don't go through your progressions. You don't go through your first or second progression and you don't, and you try to go through your, your third guy over the top. But to, uh, you know, to your point, there were chances. I think Air Force did a great job playing zone, meaning having their eyes back at Nkosi Perry. Um, so he wasn't able to, you know, evade the rush or scramble as, as well as, you know, he possibly could have against other teams. Um, but, yeah, he just pressed it a little bit too much. I think his experience, him being an older guy, being at, you know, UM, he, I, I'm in the same boat as you, Shane. He's going to have a bounce back game. This doesn't affect him. It's one out of out of 12 games that he's playing, hopefully 13. And, um, you know, put it behind you and focus on on uh, on the rivalry. I, I kind of go back to the, there's a game that he had in Miami where he played against Virginia or something. He threw like three picks in the first half. There, he's, he's played worse games in that game. And, you know, that game was yeah. bad on all fronts. I, I think that when, when you have a guy like him who – has played at the biggest level at the highest level has struggled at the highest level. You know, it's almost inevitable that he bounces back, especially right. because he, he has a perfect opportunity to against a, a, a FIU team that has struggled this season and, and yeah, struggled no, I, last I, I, season I, as well. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think, I think Kevin, you're right on the point with that. You know, you, you have that experience there. You, you have, I mean, he knows what he can do, right? He, he's not a quarterback that lacks confidence. There's not another quarterback chomping at the bit. Uh, you know, from my perspective, when I'm at the game and it's getting late in the game, you know, just to be candid here, I thought, all right, Tronti is going to have a chance to come in now and see if he can move the ball a little bit. But I think knowing his personnel and having those relationships with the players, keeping him in there gave and Kosi Perry the confidence that he needs for this week's game mm-hmm. by not pulling him and giving, uh, giving Tronti some extra reps. So I think, that, that, that was a solid that we saw by Taggart and, and the staff. Chris, kind of another X's and O's, and Kevin and I have talked about it this season. It's, as a defender, can you talk about I think it's so far like, you know, maybe the best coaching move of the offseason and just what it gives to FE's offense. What, how tough it is with John Mitchell and his athletic ability playing tight end for defense to kind of match up with that. And we didn't see it versus Air Force. You know, he had a couple of drops. I think Air Force was, pre- was a little prepared for it. You know, you said with yeah. the zone coverage. But, you know, teams that play a little bit more man, talk about, like, how difficult that is. Yeah, for sure. He's a, he's a guy that could line up on the outside as a receiver. He's a big body guy who put on some weight. He has confidence in his hands. But more importantly, what he gives to the offense – that defense should be nervous about is, is a security blanket, right? Every quarterback has that that guy that they can throw to or has a confidence that you can throw to a guy in a certain area, not even on the money, 
and uh, you have the confidence he's going to make that play. Uh, but just from an X's and O's perspective, uh, with, with him on the field, you you would call that 11 personnel. So John Mitchell plus three receivers and a running back. Uh, at any point with this offense, it could be you know it could be 10 personnel where it's just one running back in the backfield because what he can do from the slot. Um, and I think that's where he's most dangerous. We've seen a lot of work from him, working from the inside out to the to the sideline. Um, we've seen a few passes up the sideline, but I think he's going to start making some more of his hay with the play action in the middle and him just working right down the seam because he's bigger, faster, and stronger than most of the linebackers in Conference USA. Chris, I, I want to go back to the defensive side again because there's one player that me, uh, Shane and I have talked about a lot uh, in that secondary and that's TJ young. And, you know, I think, uh, Shane, was it you who called him the defensive MVP? Was it me? I don't know. I one, think, one I of think us, it was you, I was between him and, and him and Lasseter. I ultimately went Lasseter before. This yeah. So still long, so but, but both of us have said that he's, you know, going to break out this year. And it seems like he has at least initially, uh, you know, with the, the interceptions against Florida and Georgia uh, and Fordham. But, you know, what have you seen out of him, this year, uh, particularly that has made him so I don't I don't want to use the word special loosely, but I think it's yeah. fair to say that he's been special this year. For sure. No, I, I agree, Kevin. And, and I think I had uh, I had the pleasure of watching from my uh, from my balcony over in Colorado Springs, the defense do their walkthroughs. And uh, doesn't make much sense now for, for what they did considering the score. But when you have a leader like what I saw in TJ Young in terms of you know, calling out the front, being vocal, helping the linebackers in terms of adjustment, you know, even if it's just, you know, a half a gap over, um, you know, communicating with the with the coaches. The coaching staff needs the players just as much as the players need the coach. And I think him being out there gives the coaching staff, you know, some, some more confidence in terms of what they can call and in-game adjustments as to what they can do better. Uh, so I think his preparation – is a lot different as you, as you get older, you know, as a freshman, you just depend on your ability, right? Sophomore, you, you, you kind of try to make that leap, but you might not be too sure, you know, so the more experience you have, the more, you know, you, you can understand the tendencies of an offense. You become more cerebral with your approach to the game. Uh, and his physical, you know, he, he's a specimen. The dude took his shirt off. He's, he's ripped. He's got traps. He, he looks like, you know, a made up character in Madden and, and, you know, he's he flies around, he's reckless, and I think those are all attributes that, that, that make up a, a pretty awesome defensive player, not just DB. And kind of continuing on against that, you know, when, when you're playing a team like FIU who have who has one of the best running backs in Conference USA, uh, you know, I don't think that's a secret. Uh, how important is it to have that secondary that are, are very, as you've kind of mentioned, intelligent, cerebral, you know, they, they understand the game. Jordan Helm and TJ Young, I think uh, Taggart has called both them coaches. Uh, yeah, know, how important is that when you're playing a team like FIU? Right. When you when you have a, a skilled running back like that team has down south, you, um, you're you aware of it. You know, you're aware of it. You, you're aware of the run strength. You're aware of, of how well and when that running back likes to cut back. You're aware of down in distance, uh, you know, is the ball in the hash. There's so many small details, pre-snap reads that you can get and having that experience from Helm and Young in the backfield definitely help. And, and, and when you look at this game coming into the game, they were number before Air Force, they were two and three on the list for tackles. Um, you know, they're, they're, I think they're one and two now coming into this week. 
Uh, hopefully they don't have to make as many plays uh, this week, unless they're down in the box, depending on, you know, what the defensive set is. Hopefully the linebackers can make some plays, but just having the, the, I guess, confidence from a linebacker's perspective that you have guys back there that are going to be sure tacklers in open field and, and, you know, make some plays. Chris, uh, kind of an off the subject here. Can you, can you tell us uh, how you became a man of the forest and were two minutes into Colorado and you were feeding reindeer out of your hand? (laughs) (laughs) The most important question of the podcast. So, so Mike Moresco and I uh, were roommates for the the waitress. We were last year, and we had that that weird season last year too. And we walk outside, and we're just going outside to get some fresh air. And Mike is like, "Oh, look at that thing! That thing's huge!" And uh, he's talking about a German Shepherd in the back of this truck. And out from behind that same truck comes this massive eight point deer. And I'm like what is this real? You know, I, I blinked a couple times. I'm like, what is going on? Like making sure like there's not a handler behind them. You know, maybe that's what they do. They walk deer, not dogs. <laughs> and uh, so I'm on, I'm on, I'm on my slow approach to the reindeer or the deer. And, um, and it's not flinching. It's not moving. And he's eating little berries off the floor from this tree. So I hop up in this tree and I grab some more berries. And, and that's kind of where I was like, let me see if I can do this. All right. Could, this could end bad, but I've never done this before. I've been to, you know, zoos and things of this nature, but never out in the wild per se. So, uh, so from that point on, every time I looked out my window, I was making sure to see, you know, is, is he down there? And if he was, I'd run downstairs. And that, 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 was, <laughs> that was the highlight of my trip. That was, that was it, man. Seeing my parents out there and then seeing that, that deer, that was, that was pretty awesome. As, as someone who's, whose family comes from Finland and uh, has, have been around reindeer and deer multiple times, I can confirm they don't just walk them like they're dogs. Um, okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be hilarious. And I, I, I would love to see, uh, you know, just, just, just Colorado Springs. You just got a whole bunch of deer on leash. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely a different vibe. Definitely a different, different setting than than over here. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, what's what's the Florida clip of walking your fish? I guess. I guess alligator. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> the, the, the alligator. If I see a person walking a gator, that's it. But I'm done. That's, I mean, that's, I I can bet you I could find you multiple videos of it. I'm sure you can. And they get titled Florida man, right? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Florida man walks skater. Florida man well, walks skater in grocery store. Yeah. Chris, let's, let's hear your prediction for this week. Um, let's yeah. Let's, let's hear your prediction. Yeah, this I think uh, for the game. And then do you think we'll bounce back? Um, I obviously think FAU is going to win. Um, not sure what the spread is right now. I see it being a closer game than, than what others might anticipate just because it is a rivalry game, just because that other team has found some success and, and, and they can build some, off of that. Um, I think, um, you know, FAU is dinged up a little bit in terms of confidence and morale. I do think they'll bounce back, but I think it'll be a lot closer than anticipated. I'm going 38-35 uh, fourth quarter field goal wins it by Shariari. Really, a field goal? Yeah, yeah, I know. Nail biter. Hopefully, 
I think I, I think every single FAU fan will crap their pants if that's the that's the result that's happening. And yeah, Sher- just, Sherry Ari comes in for like a thirty-five yard field goal to win the game. Yeah, no, it's it's that's when that's when I, I grab on the big Mike's shoulder in the booth and just hold on for dear life, and I can kind of tell from the result based off of his body language. So I do that. Uh, Shane, you want me to go? Um, yeah, go. Okay. Uh, so I do agree with him that the game is going to be a little closer. I think what we've seen out of that team down South, uh, has been this year that they've been a little bit more competitive in games. They've, they've stuck with central Michigan. They should have won against central Michigan. Uh, you know, they were, they were sticking it with Texas tech for like two quarters and then Texas tech just decided to run away. And I think that there's, there is going to be an element that, Early on, I think FAU is going to have their confidence shot from going two and two in conference play and, and finishing that off with such a bad result like they did against Air Force. Uh, I don't think it'll be a three point game. I think it'll be like a six point game. Uh, I got 30, I got 42 36 FAU. Uh, okay. and Cozy Perry throws three touchdowns. How many yards? Is, is he throwing like 400 yards or is it going to be a lot of underneath stuff? Because I, I, I like the deep ball, but he's missed on a bunch of them so far. Yeah, I I think you'll get like 295, 315. Okay. A, a kind of mixture of both. I, I think we need to see the deep ball hit before we could say that the deep ball is there. Right. Because, I mean, I'm sorry, but it's been two or three weeks now and that deep ball hasn't hit yet. So Right. Agreed. Well, is it more is it more drops or is it more on Nikosi? Because right now I would say it's I think it's fifty fifty. I, I would lean a little bit more on the drops department. Uh, yeah. I think the defense shows out this week. Uh, I think they forced three turnovers. Ooh, uh, let's go. Yeah. I, I, I just, I think <laughs> they finally have a ch- chance to just kind of run. I mean, they forced two versus Florida. And if you've watched a little bit of Max Morgenschlager this year, he does make some nice one-on-one throws. They like to get those tight. Tyrese Chambers is a great receiver for FIU. Thornton's a good receiver. They're going to hit a couple of those, but he also makes three or four throws a game where you're going, what did you see? Yeah. Throws and Zion, TJ, Helm, uh, uh, and, and Carl Smith are not they're going to get their hands on a couple of those. Uh, I, I want to lean. It's going to be close. And, you know, I know we talk a lot big about Devontae price, but he hasn't played great. The last two games teams are keen on on him. Um, we're going to find out a lot about FAU this week. If price goes off, we know maybe the run defense is a little bit of an issue. If he doesn't, then we know it was a little bit more of a Florida triple option type thing. Right. So I'm going to, I'm going to hold out. I hope I think it's bounce out. I think it's 31 14. FIU gets a couple touchdowns on a couple deep passes. No big deal. If he plays, you know, with a little through the man, but I think we bounce back. I also think FIU's running game dominates. I think they're going to make it a point to run the football this week. I like it. I like it. I, I don't think you, you should have three tight ends on the field if you're not planning on just gashing them and making it a, a point to embarrass them yeah. on, on rivalry game. You know, it's, it's, with the dogs they have in the backfield, I'm, I'm interested to see Larry McCammon bounce back, Malcolm Davison, you know, healthy, and and obviously Johnny Ford out, you know, in the, in the flat somewhere, making some people miss. 
I, I, I still feel like we're waiting for that big time Johnny Ford play, like where you go, this is why you brought him in. And he breaks like three guys' ankles because he's right. just insanely he's fast. He's been close twice. He had a he's been really time. close twice. Yeah, he, he was close been. against Air Force and just got tripped up. And then uh-huh. I think it was what? Was it Georgia Southern where he was close? Yeah. I mean, he's been like that close to breaking off a big run and then he gets tackled. Uh, and, and also, Shane, just to your point, can we please get Smoke his first interception? Because it seems like we've been waiting too long. <sighs> I, <laughs> I've, never, I, I, I've never seen a quarterback so unlucky. Yeah, I, neither have I. Chris, do you have any comment on that? I mean, just <laughs> I, th- I don't know. It, I, I don't believe he doesn't have great hands. I just believe he has a series of really bad luck. Who's that? I'm sorry. Munjin. Oh, man, I don't, I don't know. He... I mean, I feel like he, he he lost some of his groove last year, right? I mean, he has he had a chance last year. I'd love to see him make some plays. And I think uh, you guys have heard it before. Taggart says, you know, it, it's like getting the olive out the jar. Once you get that first one, every every other one is easy. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's just a matter of him just making one play or, or picking off one ball, and maybe he gets his confidence back. Maybe he's a lot like me, right? Maybe he can't catch it all. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. You weren't playing a wide receiver back in your uh, your heyday. They, they <laughs> sixty five yard bombs. My what I thought my heyday was was at Chaminade going into my senior year, and I fumbled the ball three times in the jamboree against Westminster Academy, and that is why they moved me to defense my senior year. Wow, <laughs> the old adage is true. I, I never started a game until from Optimus until the Kansas game. Back in 05. That's why. Kevin, I can't you're, hold a little, to the ball. you're a little young. This is before uh, Chris went to Chaminade, before they even, I think, started the forward pass. Chaminade Madonna was <laughs> old. Like, it was a wing T team, right? We were, we were wing T. Yeah. We were, like, we were blasting people. Yeah. Well, if, well, it was, well. if there was a pass, it, it was. You know, three or four a game, maybe. Shane, Shane. To be fair, I did watch Shabanad with that Franklin, where they ran him wildcat quarterback and didn't throw the ball more than. Yeah, I, I, so, I, let's not act like they throw the forward pass often. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's do it, Al fans. Let's show out. Wear red. Um, if you're not going to the game, make sure you're listening to Chris and Ken on six forty a.m. on the call. Um, also always look forward to hearing Ken's calls after the game, you know, uh, I love when he tweets him out the next yeah. day, but other than that, uh, go owls and we'll talk to you guys soon.